You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that looked like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. Alright, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. This is your host, Hansen James. And this is Milo, and I miss jazz basketball. I miss it as well. Uh, it's coming soon, though. And actually, we're going to get some fun things going on pretty soon. Honestly, my, Michael, I am uh, I'm kind of napping at the bit to get to free agency draft because we know that the Utah Jazz are going to be active. Everything you see online, everything if you go to SLC Dunk, mm-hmm. we've been covering some of the rumors and kind of the things that Utah Jazz are interested in. Uh, but the next step is the NBA draft. And I think we're just a, around a week away. Uh, yeah. but, I don't know. And by the way, if you guys haven't, if you go to SLC Dunk, you can read all of the different profiles we've got for a lot of the guys falling within range of the Jazz. Uh, everything's covered. You can get a kind of a synopsis of all the different guys. So make sure you go to SLC Dunk, read up on all those guys. So you'll know if the Jazz pick one of those guys, you can look really smart with your buddies and say, hey, this guy... This is what his strength is. This is what, you know, if it's Grant Williams, you can say, hey, this is what uh, the Tennessee uh, SB Nation blog said about Grant Williams. So go to there, read those things. They're really great. But what we wanted to do today, well, kind of in light of the success of the Toronto Raptors and the Kawhi Leonard trade, we wanted to talk tonight a little bit about um, some trade possibilities that the Jazz could do. And if maybe they could kind of catch a little bit of that magic that Toronto has caught. Uh, Milo, what what are some trade possibilities or some things you think that the Jazz might be able to do to maybe catch some of this fire that, that Toronto caught? Yeah, Toronto did uh, made some drastic moves this, this season, whether it was uh, they fired their coach who was uh, also uh, voted as coach of the year after he was fired. Um, they, uh, traded DeMar DeRozan, who is like their Rudy Gobert in a way, uh, a guy who, um, what was said he wanted to be in Toronto his entire career and he wanted to retire a Raptor and the city of Toronto loved him, a fan favorite. They traded him for Kawhi Leonard. Um, uh, and they also, tr- uh, traded, uh, Jacob, uh, Potal and, uh, first round pick, um, which ended up being like the 30th. <laughs> Uh, for Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green, which is insane that when you look back on it. And then they even traded away Jonas Valanciunas, who was in that same trade as uh, same draft as Ennis Cantor and Darrell Wright uh, for uh, Marcus All. So they uh, and they were even rumored to have been in the hunt. If everyone remembers during the uh, the 
the trade deadline, they were even in the rumors for Mike Conley at some point. Like that popped up out of nowhere. We're like, oh, there's no way they're going to do that. And then they, uh, half of that deal came to fruition, which was the uh, Marcus Alb trade. So when you look at like what Toronto did, um, Masai Ujiri, who's their GM, just went all in and just went house, uh, like trying to just tip over the house. And the Toronto Raptors are one win away from knocking over the house. So what would it look like? So um, the first one, which would be, uh, I think, uh, most realistic for Utah um, that they've been rumored to be interested in is going for Mike Conley. And so Mike Conley would instantly give you an all-star caliber point guard. He would be an all-star if he was in the East. So I have no problem calling him an all-star. Uh, and um, But you would probably have to give up Royce Allen, uh, Royce, Allen Royce O'Neal, Grayson Allen, and uh, probably a protected first-rounder to get that deal done. Um, and Derek would, Favors too, right? Probably Derek Favors, yeah. That, that would make eat up, the salaries work. Yeah, make the salaries work. Or if Utah wanted to do it, um, on July 6th, they could absorb it into uh, uh, fully into cap space. But at that point, they probably would already have the framework. Like, I, I think a deal for Mike Conley would probably happen at the draft. And then it would be like, well, this is going to be completed on July 6th. So it'd be like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And the Jazz can't, can't be like, oh, well, we don't know what we're doing for our offseason for like two weeks until they can officially announce it for the new NBA season. Um, that would instantly make the Utah Jazz a contender. But the problem is, because they didn't do it at the trade deadline, instead of giving up like Ricky Rubio and Dante Exum, uh, they're giving up uh, Royce O'Neal, who is a really great wing defender and 3 and D guy. And so, uh, and they give up Grayson Allen, who um, is had the 40-point wonder game, but... And I'm not sure if he's really going to develop into the player that we all hope he will. Uh, so at, at the end of the day, it gives you a third star. It's an aging third star, but gives you two two years of hopefully prime. And we saw what that did for the Houston Rockets when they added Chris Paul uh, for two years, and he really killed it. And uh, and Utah wouldn't have him in some insane supermax. At, Till the age of 37, his contract would end uh, in two years. So that's an option. So um, what's another one that you got that uh, that Utah could go for? Um, well, and I know a lot of SLC Dunk commenters and readers might roll their eyes because we talk about this a lot, but I am a big fan of... Oh, Kevin. here it comes. Here it comes. Bring on. Here it comes. Can you feel the the love tonight? Because I, I just oh, think... Oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> uh Here's the thing. So when you mention Kevin Love, people, the instant reaction or the reply on Twitter or the comment in the thread is, well, he's injured all the time. Like that is that is a very he's real so old. He's so old. Yeah, I didn't know 30 was old. He did. You know, before last season, he was 29 before last season started. He's really, really old at 30 years old. Uh, but the thing is, is he does have an injury history. Some of those injuries aren't his fault. It's not his fault. Kelly Olenek, uh pulled his shoulder out during the playoffs. Uh, but some of them are a little troubling, like last year with his foot injury. The thing about Kevin Love is he is an elite, elite talent at the power forward position. Uh, when he was with Minnesota, he was one of the 
top 10 players in the league. And that was with Ricky Rubio and one of the worst rosters around him. He would consistently carry that team to a high level offensive rating. And that's the, that's the part that Utah's lacking right now is that ability to have an elite level offense. Uh, everyone loves the players on the team we had last year, but they hit a ceiling and that ceiling was offense related. They would have a, honestly one of the worst offenses in the league later latter 20s for much of the season they had times where it got better but a lot of that was just because of spacing the jazz were so easy to guard last season you didn't have to guard for half the time the jazz were playing two of their players um on the starting unit if you bring in a kevin love and he can stay healthy he can absolutely change this team now the thing that i would point out to people as well is well, there's two things with Kevin Love if you bring him over. And, and you know, that you can maybe predict catching lightning in a bottle a little bit. If people remember, Derek Favors, like two seasons ago, could not stay healthy. He had chronic knee issues. He couldn't stay on the floor. When he was on the floor, he was slow. He couldn't jump. He a lot of times had to take a back, like a second unit role because he just wasn't able to stick with things. Like how long ago was it that Boris Diaw had to start over Derek Favors because he couldn't stay healthy? And then last season, that is insane to think about because I remember all of us were like, "Man, is it is this just the end for Derek Favors? Is it just going to be almost like a a, a little bit what we're feeling with uh, Dante Exum?" Or like, exactly is, is is this it? Is this is this just going to be a, a giant what if mm-hmm. in Jazz history? Exactly, and so it it looked like that with Derek Favors for a long time. I honestly thought his career might be over at certain points because it's just he could right. never stay healthy. And the Jazz changed their health team, and to their credit, they have kept Derek Favors as healthy as could possibly be. Now, can the health team do that with Kevin Love? Some of his injuries are more fluke-like, similar to Dante Exum. You just have these fluke, very cute injuries yeah, where it's just, just it's not a repeating it's not like Derek's back or his knee or it's like or a broken yeah exactly it's like a broken toe or foot or whatever it was it's like a, a separated shoulder he gets just a lot of these different things if he can stay healthy that can be an elite addition to the Utah Jazz because they can uh get that stretch for they've been needing people don't realize how good he is though it's not just shooting from the perimeter kevin love is an elite outlet guy he will immediately help the jazz transition offense if he's on the jazz he's an elite passer from i mean he was Jokic before Jokic, honestly because he can play at the top of the three-point line and hit threes or he can pass to cutters he doesn't play a pick and roll like Jokic does and that's one of the things that makes Jokic special but he can pass at an elite level and hit cutters and things like that and then he's also a- and he took a third seat. He took a third seat in in Cleveland. He took a step back when there is Kyrie and LeBron. Like he will add and fill in the gaps to a team for whatever that team needs, and he won't complain about it. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll be he might be a little frustrated, but the dude does what it takes for his team to win. And that if that doesn't fit the Jazz culture. Where the jazz culture is, hey, it doesn't matter what whatever happens on that court tonight. As long as we get that W, we we every person is going to fill their role and do their role. And then if we need to fill in the gaps, we're going to do that. Um, and it doesn't matter whether that means I have to take a step back in points or rebounds or whatever. I'm going to do that for the team to get a win. And that he would fit the team culture so well, so well. So, so same with Mike Conley. Conley would both be both of these guys. Oh, go ahead. And both of these guys are like B 
big time in the community, big time, big time guys in the locker room. Mike Conley has won. Um, if I remember right, he has won a uh, teammate of the year twice. Oh, super so, high character uh, guy. Yeah. So these, these aren't, these aren't just like, Oh, you know, they're, they, are they going to like Utah? They're, they will do what they need to do to take care of the team. And I think Kevin Love, one of the most underrated things that he brings is his basketball IQ. And, uh, and, and like you said, he's Jokic before Jokic. And if he was, and he sacrificed a lot of his prime to be a third banana in Cleveland, because he knew if uh, Kyrie wasn't going to do that. And they needed, they didn't need, they desperately needed Kyrie to take a, take a premier role for them to be able to win. He knew what he needed to do to make sure they got the best out of Kyrie. Oh yeah. And he's, he, I mean, honestly, he's such a multi-tool guy. He's also a guy that, you know, when the offense breaks down, you can throw it down to him and he has that little back to the basket game. And he has that baby hook that he makes with uh, a lot of regularity. And, you know, the other thing that's interesting is the best coach uh, that he's ever had. He's been on Minnesota and Cleveland. The best coach he's ever had is what? LeBron James and Ty Lue combo. You know, what What happens? What can Quinn Snyder do with Kevin Love to, to unlock some of his talent? Because he honestly can do everything. He's an elite shooter. He is an elite passer. Yet now people will also mention the, the defense. Like he can't play defense. Well, guess what? We have the defensive player of the year on our team. And if if Rudy Gobert is as good as we believe he is, and I believe he is, he can make up for the fact that teams will attack Kevin Love. It's almost this perfect combination. Uh, I I love it. I honestly like if Kevin Love didn't have the injury history he has, he would still be considered top fifteen, top twenty player. It's just he kind of falls out of that right. question because of the injuries the last few seasons. So, and that's why it's a risk. You know, it's obviously like. Getting Kawhi Leonard, you know you're getting just an elite, dominant, 100%. This guy's going to be incredible. It's just a matter of how incredible, how far we go in the playoffs. Uh, Kevin loves a risk. It mm-hmm. is a risk. But if you hit, you can be really, really good. And the Jazz have been playing and have been getting far in the playoffs as the last few seasons with no shooting. What happens when you put an elite-level shooter and playmaker uh, on the perimeter? I mean, we talk about... To- what happens when you add a five-time all-star to your exactly. team? Like, for real. What ha- he's a five-time all-star, and people act like he's dead. Oh, they act like he's like chopped liver. It's crazy to me, honestly. Like, I mean, I understand. Think of how good that offense was with Joe Johnson at the four. Think of how good the offense is when you have good Jay Crowder. Now imagine when you have great Jay Crowder. Now imagine something better than great Jay Crowder. And that's what you get with Kevin Love. And that's what you would be getting night in and night out with him. The, the, the hard thing with Kevin Love, if you do trade for him, and, and, and I'll be the first to admit this, is it would, it would be really rough for backup five minutes when he's at the five. Mm-hmm. Um, you, would need, uh, you would need to go out there and find a defensive-minded four um, who, could, who could play the perimeter. Or, uh, like a, uh, an yeah, or a five um, or whatever. Or a, just- Someone who can kind of protect the the rim next to him. Um, but honestly, the thing is, is that when you're playing against second units, those are second unit players. So they're not as elite as the starters. And, and so you can actually argue like you can play some Kevin Love at the five against second units and he can just feast on backup centers. And, you know, you 
whatever you kind of give up on defense, he's going to make up more than enough on the offensive end. And uh, so if you can get like a, and I, it sounds like Epe Udo might not be on the team next year with some of the offers he's getting overseas and things. If you can get an Epe Udo type player, like a Robin Lopez or something like that, that you can pair next to him, um, back up Rudy and be a very high level defensive player. It could work, but you've just got to make sure that right. he stays healthy. And Utah's proven that they know how to keep Derek Favors healthy. You hope they can do the same with Kevin Love. And one of one of the other things too. Remember the uh, was it Bob Myers uh, with the uh, with the Golden State Warriors? He was talking when he said, "You know who players are when you see them in the playoffs. That's the type of player they are, um, and that's how you judge them." Uh, because uh, people can get by and and fake who they are through the regular season because sometimes you have nights where the other team takes takes a night off or sometimes uh, that player can play at a high level but then once they're scouted consistently uh, they're going to drop in uh, drop in production and when you look at Kevin Love he has never had uh, a defensive um, BPM through the playoffs. He's never had it in the regular season, yes, but in the playoffs, no. He's never had that. In fact, he he's always had positive defensive win shares in the playoffs. Um, every year in Cleveland. So, so if I'm getting this right, in the time where he could be scouted the most, when uh, the eyes are all on him, he actually w- was uh. Really well, good. and they're going at him like and, that's them putting him in pick and rolls and really going at him and and he held up get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of tom brady a netflix live event happening may 5th hosted by kevin hart the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Yeah. So so that's uh, it, that's in the playoffs. That's when it matters. And so um, if you're getting a guy like Kevin Love, the reason the Jazz are getting a guy like Kevin Love is they want production in the playoffs because when it got to the playoffs, the only dude who could get his own shot was Donovan Mitchell, and that's it. And because there wasn't a second guy who could take pressure off of Donovan Mitchell and take pressure off of their role players so that they could – because what every play in the playoffs this last season and the prior season as well was give the ball to Donovan and just let him go to work. And against OKC, Donovan Mitchell killed it. He went nuts. But that's not – sustainable at least not for a second you know a, a first second or third year player that's not sustainable and even if it's a first second or third year player that's player is going to run out of steam remember when lebron james lebron james the who will go down as one of the greats of all time where he had that series against the detroit pistons and single-handedly just mopped the floor with them when he was with cleveland uh, the, before he left for uh before he left for miami the first time he he single-handedly beat them but ran out of steam in in the NBA finals. So it's not always you can't you got to have more guys. You got to have somebody to to take the pressure off. And Kevin Love would do that for Donovan Mitchell. Well, and that's why the Houston Rockets went out and got Chris Paul and 
And uh, Michael Jordan didn't advance in the playoffs until he had Scottie Pippen. You need guys that can take off some of the pressure. And the thing is, is Kevin Love on the on the team will not only relieve some of the pressure from Donovan Mitchell, but it will actually make him a better player because it will spread the floor. Something that he hasn't been able to um, take advantage of his entire career. He's always played on the floor with non-spacers, you know? So it would... That's a high risk move, yeah. but it's I, I, it has it could pay off big time. Um, I oh go ahead. I think one of the things because we're talking about these high risk moves is um and uh Tavin in our group uh it, one of the writers at SLC Donkeys like I like the fact that Toronto the success that Toronto's having because it shows that because a lot of times we will talk about team building and it's like, oh, well, you know, you want to, you want to be rising when the Golden State Warriors are, 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 are falling out, out of place. And, but at the same time, like the Raptors only had a chance to rescind because they took a chance that crazy things would happen with the Golden State Warriors. They went all in, but there was no guarantee. Like what's the guarantee that the Warriors would be hurt right now? What would be the guarantee that, um, that this window for them would be opening? Like everything said, this this was going to be yet another year of Golden State dominance, and uh, yet Masai Ujiri, uh, with the GM for the Toronto Raptors, went all in, kind of like the Houston Rockets. They went all in, and so the if you have good players, you don't just punt the next year, and because you're like, oh, there's better teams, you play the games, you go, you get put the best team that you can on the floor. And sometimes crazy stuff happens. Houston Rockets were able to win a couple NBA championships because they happened to put the best team on the floor when Michael Jordan retired. They didn't know Michael Jordan was retiring for that little little span of time. And they went all in. Utah was not able to capitalize at that time. They had Carl Malone, John Stockton. They were getting close, but they just couldn't get the moves to go all in. Meanwhile, Houston was trading uh future draft picks so they could bring on bring on uh Charles Barkley so they could get uh Clyde Drexler they were they were pushing all their chips t- uh, to the center of the table and but they didn't know that when they first were making those moves so sometimes you have to really take a chance and so and especially this next year you see you're going to see tons of teams pushing all their chips to the center of the table especially with Kevin Durant with that injury that he's had even if he returns to the Warriors, you know the Warriors are vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think because they're not going to have they're not going to have a guy for a year. Um, you have uh, you have openings. You have there's there is a power vacuum in the NBA, and especially with Utah having two stars, it is going to be so mind-numbingly stupid and terrible. And the Utah Jazz front office will deserve to be dragged. If they do not capitalize in this offseason, either by trading for a big time player or by signing a player, because if they don't and they're left waiting in the cold and they're like, oh, we brought on Patrick Beverly and and uh, we got, you know, a couple two, you know, some uh, two other guys who will be, you know, hopefully they will produce in the playoffs. Like that's not what Utah needs. Utah doesn't need guys who are solid. They got those, but they just don't work once you get to the playoffs. They need elite playmakers out there. They need another one, and if they can't get that this season, they're wasting a giant opportunity when it comes to Rudy Gobert's prime and a giant opportunity when it comes to having 
a star player like Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, on and a I, I agree. I think that's why actually we're going to see the jazz are going to do something because I think this season we really saw that ceiling uh, with the jazz, with this current squad. I think that's why they're going to move on from Ricky Rubio because, and that's why I like Mike Conley. Uh, I, I, if the jazz pick up Mike Conley, it's going to get someone that's an elite level. I mean, he's a, he's a very, very good offensive player and he's also a very, very good uh, defensive player. He's kind of like an, a minus B plus all over the floor. And so that's going to be a great addition next to, to Donovan Mitchell, who's been dealing with mul- multiple double teams all year long. Uh, there's actually another one that I think could be a nice risk for the jazz. It could pay off. It could be, it could not, it's a risky move. Uh, the other guy, I really think that, and they might actually be able to get assets for trading for this guy while at the same time getting better. And that's Danilo Gallinari. And I do believe the jazz have shown, I think the Jazz have shown interest Ooh. in him before. The cool thing about him is he provides the Jazz with a need uh, that they have where they need shooting from the perimeter, from the four spot and playmaking, which he does. He's an elite level uh, true shooting because he gets to the rim and he gets to the line. And he's a high level shooter. Yeah. He mm-hmm. consistently ranks at the top of the league and just advanced statistics. And that's because he's just a great offensive player. And it's kind of similar to Kevin Love. He, you know, he has defensive uh, issues. He's not a he's not a great defender, but because you have Rudy Gobert behind him, uh, that makes his job on the perimeter that much easier. And that's actually another reason I think both Gallinari and Kevin Love, who both have injury histories, might be able to stay healthy, is that when they have Rudy Gobert behind them, they might not have to work so hard on the defensive end to to uh, to win games. Uh, Rudy can take a lot of that pressure off of them and and maybe keep them healthy by not having to work so hard on the defensive end, but just guiding guys to Rudy that can keep those guys maybe a little right. healthier. But he's another guy. The nice thing about Gallinari is that you might actually be able to get him and also get assets back like they might have to release or trade him so that they could sign a player in free agency. And that's a way Utah could actually take advantage of of a trade like that while also getting better it's rare that you're taking on a contract like that get better and get assets uh so that might be something the jazz could do and if he play like gallinari helped help the clippers win two games against the golden state warriors in the playoffs this year and that he was a part of that and i he's one of those guys that i think is probably one of the more underrated guys in the league he's injury prone but man if the jazz can find a way to just catch lightning in a bottle with him He's a guy that can make uh, just a huge difference for Utah. I I actually like that. I uh, and and the crazy thing about uh, Danilo is like he would bring he would be a really good a really good uh, format, and it's it's not as risky because he's only going to have mm-hmm. one year left on his contract. So if if it doesn't work out, you're like, hey. Um, you know, we, we we really tried to go all in on this and it really didn't work out the way that we hoped it would. And now we're right back into we're right back into free agency with uh Donovan Mitchell still on his rookie contract. So it's it, it that's one of those ones where it's just like if it doesn't work out, we're not having to deal with that uh with with Donovan Mitchell out of his rookie contract and we can still try to uh really leverage the fact that he's on his rookie contract and get another free agent. So that actually isn't too bad. That isn't too bad of a deal. Um, 
there's there's other ones like I I think the whole NBA is watching to see what happens with Bradley Beal though that is a very <laughs> that's a, that's a pipe dream a little bit but part of it is not because because last season we're like man if the G- Utah Jazz could just get Auto Porter, but man, it's going to cost a lot. You know, you're probably going to have to give them a couple first to get them, and then out of nowhere at the trade deadline, they're like, "Chicago Bulls got them for Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis," and you're like, oh, "So frustrating." F? The huh, huh, huh? And so it's like Bradley Beal. You could get him for like a, a push pin and a stapler. If you call at the right time to the Washington Wizards, who, by the way, still don't yeah, that's have the a wild. GM. They that because they are crazy. It is absolutely nuts. At least the Memphis Grizzlies, they finally got a head coach. Um, yeah. So good on them for getting that figured out a week before the draft. But yeah, the, there's a, there's a chance that the Washington Wizards go into the draft and go into free agency without yeah, a it's boss. Uh, and just running with an interim GM, it is man, they're a tire fire. Like, uh, and um, and, and there's other crazy ones. Like you could, like, there, if you were really risk averse, um, and not, really not risk averse, you could go after John Wall and be like, hey, <laughs> let's just see what an Achilles can do. Um, <laughs> which uh, I don't think is going to work out that well. Or you could go really crazy and go after Chris Paul. Um, which is who is very available, and you might even get a first rounder out of it, <laughs> um, or two, um, just to have him on your team. Um, so it, as far as like a Kawhi like move for Utah, I don't think there's one out there. Um, there's Anthony Davis who's available, and what uh, was, they're asking what was, for. What I believe it's an all star, a potential all star. And two first round picks. So basically the Jazz could give everything. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All-star. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, here's an all-star. Here's, uh, here's Rudy Gobert, a developing all-star. Here's Donovan Mitchell. Two first rounders. And uh first round. Two first rounders. <laughs> My, they're not going to get that. There's no way that they're going to get that. Okay. That is like, there's no team that has anything I mean, that left just depletes your team. for that. I, like, uh, unless you're like, uh, I mean, yeah. It, because if you, if you have that, you're not looking for Anthony Davis on the trade market. Or like for real, like you're, you're just be like, no, we're actually, just waiting. Like, well, we just rather not create much. our future and our team. Um, yeah, yeah, peace out. We're just gonna get Jimmy Butler, or we're gonna get Vucevic and call it a day. It's not. It's not Anthony Davis, but we're close. Yeah, it's awful. Um, so, <laughs> I they're not gonna get that. Like you're like you have to look at it. Like I, I think you got to look at the Darren Williams trade um, to Brooklyn or Carmelo trade to to New York. Like that's that's what you're gonna get. Or you're maybe going to get something like Paul George where you're like, maybe we'll get somebody like Victor Oladipo. But then again, like the equivalent would be like Andrew Wiggins right now where you're like, ah, he used to be a you know a high draft pick and may- he just hasn't quite figured it out. 
like I really don't know what like kudos to Griffin down there in New Orleans who's really really looking Fuck. for the good stuff but I mean if I were Utah if I if I really wanted Anthony Davis I'd be like okay I can give you Rudy Gobert I can give you Dante Exum and um and Grayson Allen and I will give you uh I'll give you a first rounder or and and uh, I want to see who can do anything better because mm-hmm. I don't think anybody could. But uh, well, and but that's a lot for, for a, a guy who said that's a he's lot going for a to a guy who could leave. I mean, they tried to the guy won't stay to play with Zion Williamson and Drew Holiday. And so it's just like, well, this guy's probably not staying for anyone else besides the Knicks or the Lakers, which he says that's where he wants to go. So. I know that's yeah, but there's going to be some. I I, I watch. There's going to be some surprise team because it's happened with Paul George. It's happened with Kawhi. Like who in their right mind thought the Raptors and the Thunder would be the ones who who would who would win out in that? I think there's going to be some insane surprise team where we're like, yeah, they, the Orlando Magic. Like it's going to be something have the to do nuts. It. Yeah, uh, Char- that's well, come out or like Charlotte. Charlotte's a mess. They- <laughs> but Orlando has no, some Charlotte interesting doesn't. Pieces, but maybe maybe Charlotte or not. yeah okay Orlando or maybe Atlanta where they're like Atlanta traded both their draft picks and you know like and John Collins and like there's gonna be there's going to be some random team that comes out of nowhere for it there just is and I and and it happens every it's happened the last two times and uh and if you're mm-hmm. if you're the Lakers or the Knicks, you have to know that. You have to know that if we don't have the best offer, like we're not going to be able to win out and we're get, we we can't just get by by say with the player being like, "Ah, oh, it's what we want." Like the last two times the 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 trading team, whether it was the Indiana Pacers or the San Antonio Spurs said, "Uh, we don't give a flying mm-hmm. f where you want to go." <laughs> you you made a trade demand we met we're gonna meet it uh but we're gonna get the best thing for us and i think indiana did really well i'm not not really sure how the spurs really fared in their um their whole gig they did get something um, at least but, they got something but and that's what's gonna yeah, happen with uh, that's what's gonna happen with the pelicans they're gonna get something yeah. uh but i bet it's soon it's with the draft coming up we might see a draft here mm-hmm. in the next few days, which would be kind of fun. Uh, because if they're going to get a, I think they've said, I think Woj said that they want a draft pick soon so they can plan for the draft if they get it. Uh, so uh, it's going to be a wild week. Uh, yeah. And it's going to be interesting. I don't think it's going to be to the Jazz, though, because I just don't think the Jazz have or want to give what they're asking for. It's just, it's, I don't know if it's in the cards. But the other ones we talked about. I think are actually legitimate possibilities and maybe mm-hmm. likely things, honestly, with, you know, tonight, I think Woj was on ESPN talking about Mike Conley in Utah again. So that's something to watch. And, but Michael, I think we just wanted. If Mike Conley in Utah goes down, it's going to go down in the next week. It'll because I, I, I can't see Mike Conley being able to escape with so many draft picks on the line, I think Memphis wants to be able to get their hands on a, a, a another draft pick in the in the lottery. Well, and if this, it doesn't it, happen 
by next week. And so I was going to say, if it doesn't, if, happen if week, Utah does can, not, I'm personally a little excited because it means the jazz ahead. might think they can get somebody in free agency, but I don't think the jazz are going to, I think you're right. I think, I think if the jazz right. go into the draft, it means they're probably excited about their free agency options, which gets me excited, which makes me think, honestly, you know, I have a lot of hope and I really, really, really want D'Angelo Russell. And actually we're running out of time, but I, if they can get D'Angelo Russell, that's my favorite scenario for Utah. But if they make a trade before the draft, it mm-hmm. means they didn't think they really had a chance and they're just solidifying what they uh, can be in control of. Or they didn't think or, or they didn't think D'Angelo Russell would be able to get them past where they mm-hmm. where they want to go, which is equally sad. Um so uh, with that said, uh, we're going to cut it uh, for the night. Uh, we have some amazing draft covers coming up next week, so uh, stay tuned for that. Um, as always, follow us uh, at slcdunk.com. Uh, we're going to have amazing stuff dropping. Uh, subscribe to us. We're on Spotify. We're on the Twitcher. We're on iTunes. We're on everywhere where you can download a podcast. And uh, – Check us out on Twitter. Follow us at SLC Dunk. Follow us on Instagram, SLC Dunk. Follow us on Facebook at SLC Dunk. And then you can follow James at Hanson James and follow me at Milo, my underscore low. So with that said, uh, happy drafting, happy mock drafting, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. <laughs>